0: This is Cambridge Judge Business School's Online Knowledge Centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day.
1: My favourite Pi application is uh, called Pi in the Sky. Uh, the Raspberry Pi name just seems to be a pun, a factory for puns. Pi in the Sky is uh, it's a guy called Dave Akerman in the south of England. Uh, he put a Pi under a weather balloon and sent it up to uh, 40 kilometres up and was sending down live pictures uh, from the edge, of, at the edge of space. Now I'm a real space cadet, so that's the
0: sort of thing that I really enjoy. That was Eben Upton, who about 12 months ago launched his tiny Raspberry Pi computer onto the world markets. Today, around a million credit card-sized low-cost pies have been sold, much to his surprise. At the outset, the aim of the Raspberry Pi Foundation was to reignite interest in computer science in schools and colleges and halt the decline in classroom numbers. Over the last 12 months, there have been several awards and the device is in line for many more, even competing against the Shard and Olympic Cauldron in London for design honours. Dr Upton says he used his executive MBA course at Cambridge Judge Business School to structure the foundation's approach to develop the brand and to deal with the challenges of being not-for-profit in parallel with raising capital to deliver large numbers of raspberry pies. Did he ever imagine it would be a million in 12 months? Maybe this time a year ago, we thought we were going to get to more than 10,000. For a long time, we'd
1: thought 1,000 to 10,000. This time last year, maybe we had the first inklings that we might escape into 20, 30, 40,000 units. But it's certainly nowhere near the million mark.
0: So has that sort of level changed your approach to the whole concept?
1: Absolutely. I think that it's, it's forced us um, this one or two order of magnitude overrun in demand has forced us to change our entire approach to the business. Indeed, to change our business model, we've we changed ourselves in the in the, the two months before we launched. We changed ourselves from a fairly conventional manufacturing company or a commissioner of manufacturing into a more uh, into what we describe as an IP licensing model. So rather than making the obviously nobody makes boards themselves anymore, but rather than commissioning the manufacturing of the boards ourselves, what we do now is we license the both the design of the board and the use of our trademark. Uh, to to co-exclusively to our two partners, uh, RS Components and Premier Funnel.
0: I know that when we spoke about a year ago, you were disappointed. You had the Raspberry Pi, you had all the bits and pieces together, you wanted to manufacture it in Cambridge, you wanted to manufacture it in the UK, and you had to go to China.
1: We never really saw any reason why it shouldn't be possible to build the Raspberry Pi in the UK. It's a comparatively simple piece of hardware. Much of the assembly is automated on. We've always said, you know, why does it matter where the robots are? You know, why does it matter if the robots are in a shed in China or, you know, somewhere in the UK? The fantastic thing that happened to us halfway through this year was that we discovered that we were able to build these devices as economically uh, in South Wales, uh, in a Sony factory. So not just anywhere in South Wales, but in a first-tier manufacturing facility in South Wales for the same kind of cost structure that we were able to achieve in China. China. And so, obviously, a large amount of work went into to making that happen. Uh, but from September, from September onwards, we've been shipping hundreds of thousands of units a month of UK-manufactured parts.
0: I saw a figure of something like one unit every 4.7 seconds.
1: I think it was one every. I think it was 11 a minute, and then I think it's then ratcheted up. Uh, it's ratcheted up from there. It's in the 14-15 uh, range.
0: At the outset, you and your colleagues behind Raspberry Pi were, were concerned that programming, computer programming, and interest in or computer sciences themselves were not part of the national curriculum, and that's what drove your interest. You wanted to see young people, youngsters uh, at school, getting more and more involved. Now, I know it's early days, but have you achieved that yet? Are you on the road to it, do you think?
1: I think we're on the road to uh, a transformation in, in, in schools' view of computer science. And there are a number of things that have happened. We're kind of, I think, part of a, a broad coalition of organisations in the UK that are pushing for a change in the approach to computing. So other organisations like Computing at Schools and the British Computer Society all of them are very active in lobbying government, in raising awareness of the fact that we do have, A, that we have a, sc- a skills deficit and that B, the, the ICT uh, curriculum as it stands in schools isn't fit for purpose. Uh, it doesn't do anything to address that deficit. Um, I think it's going to take two or three years. I think there are, some, there are some critical landmarks. One of them will be the introduction of the new computing curriculum, probably to be called computing, not ICT. I think we've managed to kill the demon. We've managed to kill the, the, the demon uh, acronym ICT. Um, likely to be called computing in 2014. Um, I think probably the the remaining battle for us is to try to persuade the government that computing should form part of the EBAC. It should form part of the, the higher tier of um, of GCSE subjects, the ones on which schools will be will be
0: um, predominant. Rated. So you've had lots of support from the educational community.
1: Absolutely, we've had a lot of um, we've had a lot of informal support from the from the educational community. So we've had a lot of support from individual teachers. We've had a lot of support from uh, teachers' organisations uh, like CAS. I think that there is a um, obviously, um, you know, teachers have an a, a, a incredible appetite um, for um, delivering a really um, satisfying educational experience um, to children and. Really, a lot of our work has been about trying to convince the government that they need to step up and provide the kind of cPD, the kind of professional development training that the teachers need in order to be able to do that.
0: Has there been much interest from uh, developing
1: markets emerging markets we've had quite a lot of interest from um, emerging markets, um, although I think that probably in the year to in, in, the, in our first year that 's where we 've been weakest, so I think we you know, we haven 't um, sold as many as we might have liked in, uh, in China, um, in India, in Brazil. We are incredibly strong in Russia. There's obviously a, a great tradition of computing in Russia and I think um, an and experimentation in Russia, and I think that we've really fed into that with the pie. Uh, we have some initiatives going on in our second year to try and address the things that we think have been keeping us out of China. I think that's primar- primarily a language and cultural barrier, and some of the things that have been keeping us out of India and Brazil, and those are logistics and tariff um, issues.
0: Taking the point that you're just making about it, getting into the Chinese market and the Brazil market and the Indian market, I read somewhere that you would be quite happy to see other manufacturers clone the pie. Mm. That's unusual.
1: I think the source of our happiness about people cloning the pie is, is that you know we see our mission as getting affordable, open educational computing out into the wild. You know, we're, we're a not-for-profit We don't have shareholders. We don't have shareholders we need to pay dividends to. Uh, To the extent that computers of that sort end up in the wild, um, we win you know, to the extent that the, the, you know, it accomplishes our goals, whether or not we do it. We always had this sort of, maybe this sneaking feeling in the back of our minds that all we would have to do would be to announce we were going to do the pie, and then someone would swoop in and do it for us, and then we'd get everything without all, all of the back-breaking toil of actually bringing the pie to market. What's really interesting, though, is in the first year, nobody has really managed to get anywhere near our price point. Nobody has really managed, uh, even within a factor of two of our price point, nobody's really managed to get... Um, anywhere close to our performance level, so um, yeah, we. I'm, I'm sure it will happen at some point. Uh, and, and when it does, as long as it's an open platform, as long as it's a platform that encourages education, I think we'll be very relaxed about it.
0: Is Raspberry Pi something of a silver bullet to to resolve the world's computer issues?
1: Uh, I think it's part of a package of things that are needed to to resolve the issues around computing education. We often compare computing education to to teaching music, the way we teach um, children music and. Uh, in school, we give them three things. They need to have a, a certain amount of formal teaching in school, they need to have a large amount of practice in their bedrooms in the evening, and they need an instrument. They need a device that they can use to do this. Um, and so all, all three, we need all three of those things. Obviously, Pi um, offers the device, and it offers the device at a price point that hopefully allows children to own it themselves and have it in their bedroom. But I think that the other equally important part is that it's improving the quality of the formal computing teaching that we have in schools
0: you've talked to people who've bought the pie you've talked to children who've got the pie you've talked to adults who've got the pie what are the most unusual applications that you've seen it used in or wanted for? Uh,
1: my favourite pie application is uh, called Pie in the Sky uh, the Raspberry Pi name just seems to be a pun a factory for puns Pie in the Sky is uh, it's a guy called Dave Akerman in the south of England uh, he put a pie under a weather balloon and sent it up to uh, 40 kilometres up and we're sending down live pictures uh, from the edge of, at the edge of space now I'm a real space cadet so that's the sort of thing that I really enjoy. I think the, the broad, you yeah, know, there's, there's a broad spectrum of things that you might call automation applications. You know, people using it to automate stuff around the home, people using it to control robots. Uh, we've seen a lot of people using it to control camera rigs, which was something that I to to provide a, a cheap way of doing sort of tracking camera rigs, uh, time lapse photography. These various um, those applications, are, I think, are really. Really interesting.
0: Did you expect those when you set out?
1: No, absolutely not. Because I'm a soft, I, I'm a software engineer. So all of these hardware, the vast majority of cool stuff that people have done with the Pi, have been hardware projects. I'm a software engineer, and then subsequently a chip engineer. So I've gone from the very high level to the very low nitty gritty tran- transistor level. I haven't spent a lot of time doing doing electronics, and so. It shouldn't have been a surprise to me. I don't think it was a surprise, say, to Pete Lomas, one of our trustees and the guy who designed the, the Pi hardware. I think he knew this all along, and I think that's why he'd arranged for there to be um, uh, signals coming out of the board you could use to do this. But it's been, a, it's been an eye-opener for me. Next 12 months? Uh, next 12 months, uh, be good to keep selling at... The current volume in our existing markets, I think we can probably sustain that. I think we're seeing a swing round from being primarily a hobbyist platform to being what we wanted to be, which was an educational platform. But also, we're starting to see industrial applications. So we're starting to see people design the pie in to other industrial products, you know, factory control products, home automation products. I think we want to try and address some of our geographic deficits. It would be nice if at the end of the year we're selling strongly in at least one of um, Brazil, India, China. I think we have a good strategy for China. So it'll be interesting to see if we can get one of Brazil or India as well.
0: Eben Upton, thank you. This programme was produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series.